Hello and welcome. My guest today is Nima Naz. Nima has previously appeared on the podcast, episode 239, and he's come back because he's on his first US tour, which we talked about in this episode, and we spoke about his last year. We recorded our first episode in June of 2022, now in April of 2023. Nima's been through a lot. He's been shadow banned by Instagram and now unshadow banned. He has gotten reposted by Alex Hormozy and David Goggins, as you saw in the title. And he's making his waves in the comedy world. So this was a nice check-in episode, and it was cool to hear some of the stories that have happened since he's last appeared on the podcast. If you enjoy this episode, do me a favor, share some part, some quote, some message or idea on your social media or to a friend, whether that's through Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, text message, group chat. It all goes a long way in helping the show grow. So if you enjoy some part of this podcast or the whole thing, share it with somebody you think will enjoy it, whether that's personally or to a group. And now let's get into the episode with Nima Naz. Hell yeah, brother. Nima, thank you for coming Damn. on the podcast. I gotta fucking fix my wedgie. <laughs> <laughs> Nima, thanks for uh, coming on the podcast. Ah! <laughs> no, Nima, thank you for coming yeah, on the podcast. Really grateful to have you back. Episode 239. Now we're on episode 342. So absolute pleasure. Been watching your rise and so grateful to have you part of the journey. Thank you. Thank you, man. Time. Thanks for having me again. It's always a pleasure. What's been happening for the past year since you've come on the show? We, you've been shadow banned. You got a U.S. tour, and it's it's an entirely different Nima, but still the same guy. So, yeah, yeah. talk to me about the journey of the last year. Same beast, different animal. I love that. Like we were saying off yeah. camera, you already know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, man. I I think the last time I was here, uh, I just finished doing Vcon. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That was right after. Yeah. yeah. Yes, sir. Um, th yeah. So that that happened obviously, which was amazing. And um, after yeah, so after that, I, I ended up visiting uh, Vayner Media, like the offices. Yeah. Uh, I saw Gary there again. You know, he said what up. You know, it was pretty cool. You know, got to got to, got to meet him again for like a few seconds. This guy's the busiest guy in the world. Um. But anyway, um, after that, man, I pretty much just like doubled down on the stand-up because mm. I was getting ready for my first ever like stand-up tour because I've been doing stand-up for eight years now. And um, at that time last year, I was like seven years in and I was uh, ready to do my full hour of like, you know, A material to, to take on the road, to tour uh, my, my country first, Canada. And um, so that whole summer, man, I was just like, I did two shows every Thursday night. Um, in each in each each show, I was doing like an hour on stage, just like working out my material wow. in front of like my own audience, uh, my own fans coming to the shows. Super dope, you know. They, like they because you know they're fans of my stuff online, and they want to come to see me live on my uh, for my stand up shows. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was just a perfect like gym to like work out my material for the tour, which was happening in October. Yeah. So yeah, man. Um, that's pretty much all I did in the summer. I was just writing. I was like performing a lot, and um, yeah, I was just. I just I was just preparing for the tour, and then the tour happened. 
Um, the tour was crazy, man. We did 12 different cities across Canada. Wow. Um, and every show was sold out. We added second and third shows in some cities. So the fans came out to, to, to laugh. It was such a good time. I'm super grateful for the opportunity. Like, and we funded our entire uh, tour on our own. Um, and uh, it, was, it, was a, it was a lot of work. But with a lot of teamwork and effort, we did our own way because we wanted to do it right. We, want, we wanted all the control. Like, because you know, there's there's so many people who produce shows that like they do it in a certain way that you don't like or it doesn't gel or it's not a part. So it doesn't align with your brand and everything like that. Yeah, and it kind of just ruins the vibe. But so um, we made sure we did everything on our own, with our own integrity intact, and it was very successful, man. There are some cities where like a week before they were like 20, 30 percent sold, but then like last minute within the day oversold. Wow. Yeah, it just had a huge spike. So we got very lucky. Um, and it was a successful first tour. Recorded my first special. It was high definition. We're actually releasing it uh, in May. Um, and so, yeah, I'm pretty excited to, to release that. Wow. And so take me through, like, the process of being on the road and then also having to post content and that balance of, like, all right, well, now I'm, I have jokes that I don't want to release maybe. Or, like, how, take me through that process of having stuff that you're you're doing live, but then also like making sure that you're posting content so that you yeah. nurture the fans as well. For sure, I I think because I mean we, you know this too, but the the key to keep the train rolling is just post more content. Like you know, and like it's easy to fucking do the Gary V here. You know what I'm saying? Like everyone knows me. Most people know me for that stuff. Yeah. Even still, um, you know, the content. You know, I gotta pull it out sometimes. Pull right? it out. Still gotta do it. Um, it's like your secret weapon. Yeah, it's a secret weapon. Yeah. If I'm getting robbed one time, bro, I'm just gonna be like, my man, like, you just gotta fucking have patience, okay? Like, you gotta fucking have perspective to fucking do what you love. And this is not fucking that, okay? It's not authentic. Um, so. <laughs> Unreal. Do you ever whip that out during a, a performance? No. So here's the thing. That's a, that's a good question. Like some people ask me that or like some people come to the shows and like, yo, I love your Gary V videos. Like I wish you did some stuff on stage about that. But like my thing is with stand-up is like, so I agree like the people who are coming to see me live in stand-up mm. are the fans from online who like my characters, my accent videos or my, whatever cultural jokes I make. Um, so I understand that like it's my duty to to give them that because that's what they're coming for essentially, right? Mm. But my thing is it's harder to do like uh, or it's kind of weird to and unconventional to do um like impressions on stage for stand up. It's just I don't know, it's not really my style because I think stand up is more like curated jokes and stories and like, you know, real life experiences rather than me just going up there and doing a Gary Vee impression. Mm. Like it's just like it's not the, it's not this it's not this, the right uh format for it. So I mean, if there's a way to like incorporate it, like, because uh, like not everyone knows Gary Vee, but like everyone knows like what a Chinese accent sounds like or like what a, I don't know, Arab accent. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and those are things I do regularly and, and people love them. Uh, so it's just easier to do those as opposed to like a celebrity impression. But anyway, um, doing, uh, like doing stand up and like making content, um, like they go hand in hand, right? Like I can't, I can't do this stand up tour without making the content. Right, I wouldn't be able to sell those tickets if I wasn't doing the content this whole time. So it's like the content fuels the stand up and vice versa. So and and most importantly, bro, like doing content gets me comfortable on camera, and that also kind of helps me 
with 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 being on stage and like being comfortable in front of a real audience and vice versa. Mm. It's just yeah. how has the idea generation changed as you've grown? The idea generation. Yeah. Is it still the That's same a, when you were just starting versus today? Creating ideas, creating new storylines, creating new plots. It's it's similar because it's 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 still in line with my humor, but I've also evolved as a human being over the years. So like my humor's also evolved. Mm. But I still think like I'm I'm genu- generally the same person. Yeah. Because you never really change who you are in terms of like your your you know your deep the deep core in you is like always gonna stay the same. Um in terms of humor. So like I have similar ideas even now, but at this stage of my career, I know how to elevate it much better and faster. Mm. Because one, I know my voice more than ever now, um, you know, on stage and on camera. And I just know what what'll hit better. I, I I know I'm more comfortable with being myself on stage. Like I, I know what how I would speak naturally rather than like, oh, this is me. You know what I'm saying? Like putting on a voice. So yeah. No, that makes sense. And talk to me about shadow band. We mentioned before yeah. because I think like a lot of content creators listen to this podcast and I'm curious from your perspective as somebody who is so consistent for so long and then to have something outside of your control come in, what is that experience like? It's uh man, it's 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 definitely frustrating at times and uh deflating even. Yeah. But one thing I know I'm good at is staying resilient and so is my brother, he's my my manager and so is Cyrus, my team member, my producer and everyone else who works with us. Um, the stupid group Inc. You know, it's our motto, man, is like, just keep pushing, you know, just like my, in my mind, since I was a kid, uh, I I knew I had a, a deep feeling inside that like, if I just keep doing what I think is right and what I love and what I enjoy doing, I don't know, man, like something good will come. I'll be rewarded in the right way. Um, and doesn't matter how long it'll take. I've been patient this whole time, right? And I, I'm, I'm thinking the fucking macro, right? I'm, I've been doing that before even like listening to Gary Vee stuff. Like yeah. I just always intuitively had that feeling of like, if I just like keep going and I, tr- I keep trying, like I just, I, and I manifest at the same time, um, like something will come along when it needs to happen. Yeah. And so I, yeah, I truly believe in that. I love that. And so since we last spoke, you added Goggins, a Goggins impersonation. You added Hermosi as yeah, like, yeah. Well, what, what led to Goggins being the, the centerpiece for an impersonation. Um, so the thing with any impersonation I do is it, it's, it stems from me and my whole team already consuming their content because we love their content because yeah. we love the things that they're pu- uh, putting out for the world to see. Um, it really resonates a lot with me, especially like David Goggins' story about you know I read his whole book Can't Hurt Me. Um, I watch his videos all the time and like obviously like for research so I can do impressions, but. Um, he really helped change my life in a way, like in my mindset, because you know he was also a bigger guy, and like you know he became a U.S. Naval Navy SEALs. He's like the top Navy SEALs in the world and shit. Like, and you know he's just like he's an animal. You know what I'm saying? Like he's untouchable. Um, and so seeing that transformation made it like clear in my mind that like it's all in your head. It's like all in your mind. It's up to you to make the decision. It's up to you to make that choice to just change and snap out of it, and you know just start doing shit, taking action. So. Um, when we watch these videos, naturally, because I'm like a comedian and like I'm just a f- funny kid, and you know, at heart, you know, uh, as a kid, I've I was always just trying to go for the laugh, and you know, I was the goofy, 
guy in the group of friends and my family and everything like that, I naturally, my, my brain gravitates towards, oh man, like, let me see how, if I can do this or like, like, you know, if I could do his voice or like his mannerisms or I, I, I'm always just trying to go for the joke. You know what I'm saying? When I'm with my friends or when I'm with my brother or whoever that also knows that person, I do the voice and like, ah, oh, that's pretty good. Or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, maybe I should work on it. And so that's how it comes. You know? And then what was it like when Goggins reposted it? Oh, it was crazy, man. That was, that was nuts. I did not expect that at all. And it happened like, I think a couple months after we posted it, like out of nowhere, like my, I was asleep because he posted it like early in the morning and my brother messaged me. He's like, yo, wake up. David Goggins posted your video. And I was like, I thought he meant like on, on a story. And I'm like, it's still sick, right? I'm like, oh, fuck, dope. I go, bro, he posts the video on his own page, full like I'm on there and then tags me. And like, like he's laughing at it, and then like the shit blew up. Like that's one of the most viewed things on his page still. Um, so I was like, see, and, and like, whenever something like that happens, what I was telling you about earlier, I'm like, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Mm. And I tell people all the time who get discouraged, who are in the same field, or you know, trying to make content, or trying to build a brand, or whatever it is. It's like this happened because I took this camera and I just like did it. And I had the idea and I executed and I didn't overthink it. I posted it and then I didn't expect anything to happen from it. Mm. And but then look what happened. It's it's like it's almost rare for that to happen, or a very small chance that it's gonna happen, but it, it still happened. So it's possible. And that's and that's what I thrive off of. I'm like, if it's possible, bro, I'm gonna do it. And so that's that's how I see it. I Talk to a lot of content creators who feel some sort of expectation for their friends, for their family to consume their stuff, to pay for their stuff. To what would you tell those people? Like for advice to like help them get out of that yeah. process of thinking. Yeah, man. Honestly, it's just like well, it has to start with you actually enjoying what you're doing. If you don't love what you do, then like there's no point in even like trying to do to accomplish something because eventually you're gonna crash and burn or you're, you're going to fall out of love. It's going to ruin every other aspect of your life. Um, Let's assume that's set. People, the person loves what they do, mm. but they expect other people to consume, pay, oh, right. and appreciate their stuff. That's the wrong mentality, to be honest, because yeah. you know what? What I, I tell Did people, you ever get in that phrase or that that place? No, not really. No, yeah. like, like sometimes I, I get a little like annoyed when like a video doesn't hit as well as I thought it would be. Yeah. But then now I'm at a point where, you know, I understand that sometimes that's just the way it's going to happen. And I, there's nothing I can do to control it. It's up to the market. And if the market likes the video, they're going to watch it and they're going to love it. They're going to share it and it'll blow up. But if they don't like it, it's going to bomb. Yeah. And it is what it is. I have to move on. Because if you start overthinking or dwelling on it, it's going to slow your process down and you're going to stop being as creative as you were. And you're only hurting yourself. Um, and so anyway, to answer your question about the, those creators that, um, you know, love what they do, but they expect all those things. Um, I think you're only getting in your own way by thinking about those things in the first place, because you should be focused more on like making your content better and like work on your craft more to enhance it and, you know, build the quality on it. Right. So what does you working on your craft actually look like? I'm at a point now where... I realize, you know, it's not only just like 
the 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 career that has to be worked on, but like my own personal health, mm-hmm. and uh, that's something I for the first time in my life I've actually made a priority. And I t- I think we talked about it last year where I was like uh, something about like my health, but mm. I did I still didn't make it like a priority. Like this is the first time in my life I actually put my health first before my comedy. Wow. Yeah, because I'm like, what's the point, man? If I can't fucking thrive as a human being, then how am I gonna thrive as a comedian and actor, right? Yeah. As a performer or whatever. Um. And so I was like, I got to build the foundation and start from zero now before mm-hmm. it gets too late I'm, while well, I'm still young. Um, so then I can set myself up, self up for future Nima to thrive and like excel. Because mm. like, if I want to be this great comedian who tours the world doing stand-up and continues to pump out content that's funny and original and creative and you know produce my own movies and be a movie star, whatever it is, yeah. then like I can't like, you know, eat like shit. I can't, you know not work out, I can't like take care of my body, I can't st- not stretch, you know, I'm shit like that, man. Like it really affects you as a human being, but also as a performer, right? So um I think that's the main, main the main key there. Just look at Kevin Hart. Yeah, boy. man. That's what I'm saying, man. Like like I look at someone like that, I'm like, I have no excuse. Like I, I have to do something about this because like look at him and look at me. Yeah. Like, you know, obviously I'm not trying to compare myself, but I'm just saying if I like if, if that's someone who I look up to and I'm gonna be like that person, then I gotta fucking work like him. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not doing that yet. So, so what does that look like for you right now? So like for instance, um in the past like three three months now, I've implemented more habits to like improve one my my comedy, which is writing more and consistently writing every day, mm. you know, setting aside a time. Uh, in the mornings or early afternoons where my brain is still fresh to like get all my ideas down on a paper. Uh, so I'll sit there, have a coffee for like half an hour, an hour, and just write down like two or three new bits, new jokes, new premises. Mm. Um, it, it could be a complete garbage. It could be fucking just shit jokes. But you won't know what's bad until you put it down on paper. And then there's times where I'll write jokes and I've had, I have, now I have almost 100 new jokes oh, in wow. the past 100 days. Because every day I'm writing a new joke or, or something like that, right? So now I have a hundred new jokes. You know, most of them are not so like some of them are terrible. Most of them are decent, but then there's a few really solid ones that have become new jokes in my sets that are killing on stage. Wow, more than any other joke I've ever performed on stage wow. because I've put the time in to actually like write it. And you know, I had the idea in my head. I put it on paper. And then I added, you know, new punchlines, new tags, you know, new, you know, new beats that to, to you know elevate the joke, make it funnier. Um, and it shows. It shows when you actually go on stage and you do it, and you're more prepared, and you feel better doing it. And then the audience feels better because they're like, "Oh man, this just feels so well like put together and thought out." But it also seems so natural off the top of his head because I've been practicing it. But also, it's like. It's just ingrained in my brain now. Mm. And I naturally know how to just perform it better mm. because I'm comfortable with like the information in my head about it, if wow. that makes sense. You know? Yeah, totally. Since we last spoke, did you open up for Russell, Russell Peters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Dude, that, what was that experience? That like? was crazy too, man. Like, I, If anyone knows me, man, I've always been a, a huge fan of Russell for like my whole life. Like, I, I grew up watching Just for Laps on TV and um, – that's a festival in, in Montreal, obviously. And um, I remember I, I I was in the living room with my dad one time and I saw his special for the first time playing on TV. And I was like, wow, this this fucking 
Indian dude is on stage doing Chinese accents and all these other accents, like, and he's getting pure laughs. I'm like, this is crazy. Uh, man, I wish I, that could be me one day. And then, you know, obviously now you fast forward a bunch of years and I'm actually doing that. And I meet the guy and I open for him and like he puts me on, like it's fuck, it's nuts. Uh, it's such a full circle moment. It's surreal because, and once again, I go back to the idea of um, if I just put in the work and I stay consistent, things that I want to happen in my brain that I put out into the world, it's going to happen one day. And I've always wanted to open for Rose Peters, like obviously. And then it finally happened when I least expected it. So, yeah, it was um, it was it was a dream come true, and I we didn't even reach out to them. Like they actually, so um, I actually told my brother to reach out, start to, to start reaching out to like bigger comedians and like you know just to see if we can connect or whatever. Reached out to you know Clayton, which is Russell's older brother too, uh, and manager, and. We emailed them and they're like, yeah, we'd love to pick your brain for like five minutes, just like about comedy, you know, huge fans. It, he got back to my brother within minutes and he's like, how about we go for lunch and like we can talk for like a bit, a bit and whatever. I was like, what the fuck? That's crazy. So we go for lunch and then it turns out they already follow me wow. and like watch my shit and they're huge fans. And I'm like, this is nuts. And then, you know, FaceTimes his brother and now he, I see Russell for the first time. He's like, yo, guy, you know what I'm saying? Like, like we're just boys already. Um, and I, that only happened because I was posting content that I think is funny. And then Russell Peters is a fan. You know what I'm saying? Like, crazy. Uh, you can't, you can't make this up. Like it's, 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 there's no formula, right? Like I didn't, I didn't do this to meet him. I'm doing this because I love doing it. And then it's also a bonus to meet him. So anyway, they invite us out to one of their shows. Um, we meet them backstage in uh, the place called Kingston, no, sorry, Ottawa, Ontario, in Canada, uh, at an arena where the Ottawa Senators play. And uh, we're, back, we're, back, we're backstage in the green room, whatever, we're just chatting it up. And I had no idea I was opening on that show, to be honest, until 10 minutes before the show started. No way. Yeah, because originally they were like, just come by and just to check, it, check it out and like just see how we operate. I'm like, whatever, man, I'm down, bro. Like, just to meet the guy, like, for sure. Like, it's, it's already a great, you know, opportunity. So we get there and um, we're just like, you know, uh, hanging out backstage. And then uh, Clayton goes to my brother, tells him something. And then my brother, sorry, uh, Clayton comes to me. He's like, hey, go talk to your brother for a second. I was like, why? He's like, just go. And then I was like, all right. I go to my brother and then he looks at me, he deep, takes a deep breath. He's like, bro, um, how do you feel about uh, going on stage for 10 minutes? And I was like, what do you mean? Like... <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean, tense? What the fuck are you talking about? At the, mo at the moment, I was like, there's no way this is actually happening. And then he's like, yeah, man, like you're going to open for him. I was like, what the fuck? No way. Like, obviously, I'm like, yeah, like, of course. Like, I'm ready. Let's go. But like, in my, in my inside, I'm a little girl, like, screaming. Like, I'm, I just got Taylor Swift. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was, I was amped. I was excited. Uh, but also, like, all these emotions were running through me because I'm like, this is, this is like, uh, this is my time to shine. This is my Kobe moment, bro. This is my time to like take that, you know, that's like a buzzer beater shot. You know what I'm saying? Like, like when your name gets called up, you better be ready. And luckily, that whole summer that leading up to this moment, this was like uh beginning of August. For a few months, I was doing those like smaller shows in in, in Toronto in my, in my city, uh pre preparing for my own tour. Wow. I was doing an hour on stage, two hours on stage every night, um, every week. Yeah. Um, and so for me to do 10 minutes, I was like, oh man. 10 minutes is fucking soft, right? I've been doing an hour for like six months straight. 
Um, so I had the material, obviously, right? Like I have my best 10 minutes, but in my head, I'm like, but what 10 minutes do I do? Because I have to pick and choose my material to do. Like they're not gonna tell me what to do, right? They're like, just do your best. So I literally, in my head, I'm gathering up, okay, like I'm gonna do this joke, this joke, and then I'll close off on this joke. That's like my, my closer, it's a strong closer. So I'm ready to go up, you know, like 10 minutes, literally 10 minutes before. Um, and now I'm backstage and I'm like, my whole like night just changed, right? I gotta go, <laughs> you think on, I gotta go there's perfect. a fan. I, I had no idea, bro. I, didn't, I had no idea I was going on stage at all. Oh my God. And so now I'm backstage, the show's about to start and the lights go down, everyone's cheering, there's 6,000, uh, no, so there's 10,000 people. Um, yeah, ten, uh, I think like, yeah, eight, eight to eight, 9,000 people in, in the first show. Mm-hmm. And then Clayton does the introduction, calls my name up. Like Neiman has, I go on stage and I'm like, I'm, I gotta fucking, I gotta go out, out here with energy, you know, right off the bat. Because if you if you like slack a little bit, bro, in an arena, you know, it's it, you'll fold. Like, uh, and also one thing that happened before I went on stage was I was beside Russell and um, he's standing there obviously too, and we're just joking around. And I'm like, yo, man, like, um, I'm pretty excited, like, a little nervous, but do you, do you have any advice? You know, it's my first time performing on a stage like this, because like I went from like performing in front of like 60 people regularly to like literally more than 10 times that's crazy right so and then i I was like any advice and he goes yeah don't fucking bomb bro (laughs) (laughs) but like he's a comic right so he's gonna say some shit like that like obviously he's joking but but like in a way i actually enjoyed i i like that better because he's like he's just like light with it if he's light with it then i can be cool right right I go on stage, bro. I, best ten minutes I've ever done in my life. No way. Yeah, I smashed, man. I I killed it. I was feeling. It. I was I was hot. People were laughing. I was like, the laughs were carrying on for minutes. You know, it was like just hot. And then I I I, I say like goodbye. Thank you so much. I get off stage, bro. As soon as I get off stage, like I started bawling my eyes out because like a rush of emotions that was going through my head at that moment. Like you know, you have to you have to realize like this is my idol in a way, right? For years, I get to open for him. He's a fan. I just killed it in front of him, you know. And I come on stage and I'm like, I couldn't control myself. I had to. I just had to cry, tears of joy, and I was like sobbing for like the first minute. And I actually have it on a video. I recorded like my producer Cyrus was there, and uh, he's he's he was recording it because I was I was I was crying like crazy. Have you posted it? No, I haven't. No, Why not? Uh, I think I will. Yeah. I'm, I just, I, I just been holding on to it. Like I don't know. Um, I there's no reason why I haven't posted. It's just that um, I just find the right time. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. But I think I'll post it probably soon. But I, I also like have these moments documented just in case. Like you know, one day I have a documentary myself. Mm-hmm. Like, like the, I can show like the context. So and that's another reason why I love posting so much content too, and I, why I encourage everyone to just post shit that. Is not fully curated because you just never know. Because you also want to like, if you start off being too perfect, then you're never gonna see the growth, right? You want to. I actually like to be shit for a bit, you know, and because then like, there is potential for growth after, right? Um, and so yeah, man, that happened. Um, and then the next night went to a different city, same thing. Ten minutes before the show, hey man, you want to go up again? I was like, yeah, hell yeah, killed it again. Uh, this time was like six thousand people. Cried after? Or no? no, 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 no. Yeah, it was just the one. I cried on the inside. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is the one that, yeah. But I was still like, no, actually, I was like kind of like teary eyed, but like 
I was still emotional, but yeah, I didn't like bawl my eyes out. But um, I was just more so like amped up and excited. And then the, the last night of his tour in Canada, his Canadian tour, like, it was five years since he's been back home in his hometown in Toronto, which is where I'm from. Mm. And he's performing at the Scotiabank Arena, which holds uh, 16,000 people. Okay. Um, that night at 8 p.m., which was his showtime, mm-hmm. I had my own show in like uh, the 60 person room. Wow, where I was before I was practicing for my tour, right? Wow. Like I mentioned, uh, so I had two shows that night: 8, um, 8 p.m. and 10 p.m. show. A sixty-person room, and then a 16,000. <laughs> 16, 16, <000. laughs> so in my head, like uh, we told them the night before, like uh, they asked us if we're coming to t- the Toronto show. And we're like, "Fuck, man! Like, I don't know if we can, like, um, because we have our own show to go to, same time, right?" But then I realized, and we told them this uh, that because I'm headlining my own show. I'll be on by 9 p.m. on my show, which is a 10-minute drive from that stadium. But then if I open for Russell, I'm on at like 8.10. So I'll finish before 8.30. I have some time to get to the next one. But then they're like, yeah, like let's just like, you know, maybe next time, like we don't want to rush it. They said that literally. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Like, like I already got two opening spots. Like I'm good. Like that was fucking more than I expected. Right. It's an amazing opportunity either way. So we're in Toronto the, the day of the show. Um, on Thursday night, I remember vividly. I'm in. I'm, luckily, my brother and I have a place downtown, which is down the street from the stadium. Oh, wow. And we're in our unit, and we're both taking a nap at like 6 p.m. We're exhausted. Our week was crazy. So, uh, 7 p.m. rolls around, and I'm in my bed, and my brother's in the other room. He gets a call, and uh, all I hear is like him going like, uh, "Like, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, no way. Wow." I mean, yeah, thank you. That's the, I don't even know what to say. Thank you so much. And then he hangs up, he hangs up, and then he comes into the room, into the, where I was. And I was like, yo, who's that? And then he goes, yo, you're not going to believe this, but uh, you're, you're going to open for him in Scotiabank Arena tonight. And I'm like, what? Like that, that was even more crazy because I'm like, this is my hometown. Wow. And it's in the, a fuck, it's like in like this iconic arena, like in my, in my hometown. And like, I know a lot of my fans will be there too. And a lot of like people I know from the past will all be there and they have no idea I'm opening for him. Wow. And so I was like losing out. I texted all my boys. I was like, yo, guys, I'm opening for Russell at ACC. Like it used to be called ACC, but it's Scotiabank Arena now. Yeah. Um, and they're like, what the fuck? No way. Like my boy literally, like he's like, I'm leaving work right now. I'm buying the cheapest ticket. I have to see this. Like you literally like, you know, everyone was losing it. They're like, this is nuts. So we actually uh, quickly got into an Uber and like like jetted to to the stadium because like we didn't want to be late. And in the Uber, I was crying and I recorded myself crying wow. uh, again because I'm like, this is fucking nuts. Like I in the span of three days, look at what all all that's happened. Um, and you know this and and I deserve it because like I've been fucking working for this shit. Um, and so we get to the stadium and like now I'm with like my team. There's four of us, and this is the first time in my life I felt like a celebrity. And like I don't, I don't think of myself as that at all. Even now, um, you know, I, I like to keep it humble and also have the right people around me to like, you know, kind of like like stump my ego down a little bit, you know, just in case it gets to my head. Yeah. Um, and be, and I, the only reason I felt that way is because like when we got to like the opening that area, like the, in front of the stadium, there's all these people going to the show, like lining up. Um, 
all of a sudden I could just see everyone looking at me and like, you know, they would recognize me and like they're yelling my name or like, like, yo, Nimanaz, Nimanaz, Nimanaz. Like everyone like yelling at me, you know, like whatever. Like they're trying to come up to me, take pictures and like, uh-huh. but we, we had to go in quickly. Crazier than VCon, this situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was nuts because of my hometown and it's like, yeah. well, like a lot of, uh, like me and Russell Peters have like very, like a crossover of fans. Yeah. You know, because like they love the accents and like, you know, cultural jokes, race jokes, whatever, family stuff, right? Yep. And it's like similar backgrounds, right? Um, <clears throat> so anyway, so like they had my brother and my team, they really had to like they had to like huddle around me pretty much because we needed to rush to get to the to the green room because like the show was gonna start in like 20 minutes. So that was pretty cool. We got to the bottom. Now we walk in like in the in the backstage, like green room area, like all of Russell's family's there, all his boys, like all like the main crew, like everyone's like it's like it starts feeling like real, like this is crazy. I meet everyone, and then uh we go backstage and in this arena specifically, it's like even more emotional because it's like I've been in here plenty of times for Raptors games, Leafs games, you know, like in the stands. Like I'm just like sitting in the seats I've every time I've been there. But then now I'm like, I'm going to be the main person here. Crazy. And, you know, in a way. So as soon as I entered like that to open the curtains and you walk in, like you see a sea of people, 16,000 people, 16,000 people, bro. It's nuts. Like I, I was getting goosebumps, like you don't even know, man. Um, and so we all walk in, and we're all like super excited and nervous. Every, they're, they're all like almost in shock. Like this is, I can't believe this is happening. So a couple minutes uh, till showtime before he introduces me, and we're trying to do like a pep talk. They're like we're huddling. We're like, all right, guys, this is the moment we've been waiting for. Uh, Nima, you know, blah blah blah. Like you've been working so hard. Like it's your time to shine. Like kill it out there. It's all you. It's all you. You already know what you're doing. Just go up there and have fun. And like it was so. I was getting so emotional. I actually had to like go away from them. Yeah. I was like, yo, guy, I can't do this, bro. Like I can't like get emotional now before I go on stage. Yeah. Like so, I had to like literally step away and like go into the corner and like breathe and like do some Wim Hof shit. <laughs> like I, I was on my Iceman tip, bro. I'm like, yo, you guys. <laughs> Yo, I, I need a second, bro. I was like, breathe in, let it go. <laughs> if you feel a tingling in your body, it is okay. <laughs> You're going to go on stage and kill the stand-up set. But you need to breathe. And then whatever. So I calm myself down. And then all of a sudden, Clayton Peters goes up. And late lights go down. And you hear the cheering. And I posted the video of it. Have You've seen it, right? Have you seen it? I actually posted like a throwback uh, video of it like two days ago. Um, it's like literally just a video of like uh, Clayton Peters goes on the mic, lights go down, everyone starts cheering, right? Because they lights go down means the show's about to start. Video King Pablo will insert it here. Sorry, Video King Pablo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll insert it here. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's it, man. Like he's, he goes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Turn your phone on, blah blah. blah. Uh, your first actor of the night is a very special guest. Um, he's a hometown kid, and he's killing it on Instagram. He's all over. You know him very well. Please get up for the very funny Nima Nas. And then like I'm and, like I'm like like this is a dream come true. Like I'm walking out on this stage. That's like the biggest stage in the world for me, to be honest. Yeah. At this point, it's like a dream come true for comedians in my city, like mm-hmm. in my country. Um. And like I just go up there and I'm like, yo, what's good? Like all energy, right? Yeah. And then that's it, man. I was like, hey, what's up, guys? Yo, what you got? Uh, how are we doing tonight? Blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, yeah, my name is Nima Naz. And then like people were cheering for that. And I'm like, oh, so that's how I knew people knew who I was. And that also made me feel so much better because I'm like, 
that like it's, it's like I do have fans like that yeah. that are a crossover. Um, so I know they're gonna enjoy my set too. Um, and then that's it, man. I fucking I killed that set too. I did my best. Um, it was one of the best sets of my life, to be honest. Uh, and then I said, I got off stage, you know, started tearing a little bit more again. Oh, wow. Um, it was just a crazy rush of emotions. And then the funniest part is I had to run out and get into an Uber. My brother had an Uber ready to get to my own show. And we texted the host of the of my show that night, my, my opener, Andrew Packer, um, who I also went on tour with, my own tour. He opened for me and my boy, Mark Anthony. Um Andrew was hosting that night for me and we're like, yo, we might come a little late. We're opening for Russell. So can you like, you know, extend your time a little more just in case like I come a little late. We get to the show. Uh, it's like a small like dungeon, little like crazy. rundown. The dichotomy of it is so crazy. It's insane. It's insane. Rundown area. I, ran, I run in and then literally he go, like I hear him do his last like few lines. And then, and then he closes out his set and he sees me and then he's like, all right, guys. And it was perfect timing. Got there right on time of course. at the end of his set. And then he goes, guys, thank you so much uh, for your time. Um, are you guys ready for your, your your main act for tonight? He just came from opening for Russell Peters and he's here for you now. And then I, you know, I walk on stage and there's like, you know, 40 people here. Wow. And I was, and I talked about it on stage and they're all like hyped about it. It was yeah. cool. And then I just had a fun set, man, for the next hour and that's it. So damn cool. Yeah. Dude, so one of my dreams for this podcast is to sell it out for Madison Square Garden. Oh, yeah, brother. And Power to you, man. Anything's possible. That's what I'm saying. <clears throat> so what advice do you have for going from, you know, doing a, a show for 60 people to 19,763? You, know you know what I have to say? Who's going to carry the boats? <laughs> Stay hard. <laughs> right? <laughs> you don't know me, son. You don't know me, son. Oh my God. Um, incredible. You just pull that out any second. It's an it's incredible tool I, that you have. I just, I, it's, I, there's a switch, man. There's a switch. Um, any advice? Yeah. You said? Yeah. Uh, honestly, there's, there's nothing, there's no way you can get to that point if you don't continue doing what you're already doing mm. on a higher level. Like, you have to stay consistent, obviously, like I said many times, but. There is a point where like you still need to evolve and adapt with the times as well and like keep leveling up. Mm -hmm. Keep doing the research, keep writing, keep, you know, working on things that can help boost your craft up more. Yeah. Like talk to different people, ask them how they do. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a lot of things you can do to to get to that point. And and before you know it, you'll be at fucking Madison Square Garden and I'll be there, bro. I promise I'll be there. Probably open it up in some respect. Hell yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open imagine. up and do fucking every impression you've ever seen me do. <laughs> one by one. <laughs> yeah. Start off with Gary, then Goggins, then Hormozy, then Gordon Ramsay, and then that's it. Give me the Hormozy story and Hormozy oh, reposting man. you. That was crazy too. So I found out that they're also fans of my stuff. Uh, and but and it's funny because they're, they're all fans of different things. Mm -hmm. So like… Uh, the Hormozis, uh, Layla and Alex, they're they're Persian, just like I am, Classic. and they uh, found out that they love my Persian videos. Because um, well, I think what did I do that got their attention? I think I think I just posted the the first video, uh, tagged them, and then they saw it. And then uh, he messages me, he DMs, he's like, "Yo, that was, that was super funny. Uh, love your Persian videos. Like they make us like howl." I'm like, that's amazing. That's crazy. Like, like and see, in my head again, every time you ask me this, I'm like, you see what I mean? 
You just never know who's watching your shit, bro. That's it. You never know. That's it. And it's like, at this point, it's not a coincidence. It's because I'm I'm intentionally and purposefully putting out my content, putting out stuff I want to put out that makes me happy and that that I love doing and that makes me laugh most importantly. And then the right people will resonate with that. And it just just so happens to help that, you know, they're also Persian. There's that camaraderie there, which was pretty dope. Um, and so they're, uh, after that first video I posted, which also blew up, they're like, yo, next one you do, uh, let's collab post. Wow. And so now I'm like, okay, now we have to make a second one immediately. So we, my, Cyrus, my producer and I, we literally, uh, we, we, um, we sit down, we write the next one and we film it right away. I had the whole like fake beard and like everything, you know, the plaid and the tight ass short thunder thigh slap, you know, That's so good. <laughs> um, you know, you gotta go to Chipotle and, you know, invest in 10X. You know? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so we, we posted the second one. We're like, yo, ready to collab. He's like, hell yeah. Collab post. That one blew up again. And then we're like, yo, we're going to Vegas. And they happened to be there too. Um, our team we went to Vegas and um, I was like, oh, yo, like you guys want to meet up? And then like, hell yeah. So we went for like dinner and you know, hung out, you know, had, like, you know, fucking just like got to meet them and like talk to them. And they're super dope, super humble individuals. Both of them, Layla and Caleb, uh, they're a videographer and yeah, producer Caleb's as well. Yeah, man. You know him? Yeah. Just through DMs. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's a fucking gem of a person. Um, and that's it, man. Like it, it goes to show you like you attract the right people by doing things that are true to you. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, like I like to be around good people and people who are authentic. Yeah. And every single one of these motherfuckers I've met have been authentic and good people. Yeah. So there, there's a proof. Yeah. There's no formula, man. That's the formula. What's so cool to me is that you created a conversation piece for other people. And I think we sometimes that gets lost on people as a content creator is like, you're creating the conversation for people to show their friend or show their significant other or text their boss or whatever it is, you're creating that conversation. And if you could do it through laughing, amazing. If you could do that through conversation, amazing. But like every time you post, that's a conversation that somebody can now start with somebody in their own life. 100% because nothing brings people together more than laughter. Yeah. My opinion. Yeah. You know? A hundred percent. It's a, it's innate emotion and you have the ability to give that to people. Yeah. And I, I, I'm super grateful and happy to do it. Uh, nothing makes me happier in this world to, than to make people laugh, man. Honestly, it's a great feeling. Um, it's better than like any orgasm or any, I don't even know if that's appropriate, but. No, it is. I've, I've had orgasms that <laughs> and getting laughs live on stage is better than that. That's hilarious. How? What can people do to be funnier? Um, damn, that's a fucking good question. Shit. God damn, Danny Miranda with the fire questions out here, Wolf. Um, honestly, the more you are self-aware and you're, you have the humility to understand there's stuff that's wrong with you, but like, it's possible to change it and for the better. Um, that opens up this whole world of like knowledge and uh, information to to help you develop better jokes mm. and, and and to be and to be funnier. Because once again, it comes down to being authentic. 
Uh, and like, I realized that recently, like literally like this past year, past like uh, three, four months actually, is when I've elevated as a comedian because I've been so much more comfortable on stage just being me. Mm. And like, like sitting in that, like sometimes like it's easy to be performance. Like, you know, I'm a performer, but there's that sweet line of like being performer, but also like still yourself. You know what I'm saying? And like, I can sense it in real time as I'm doing jokes on stage now in the past like few weeks, especially uh, where I'm delivering jokes the way I would talk regularly with my boys yeah. or with my brother or whatever it is. And I can just feel it's funnier. And people see it as it's something funnier to them, even though they, they've never seen me before or whatever. Um, I think that's the key for sure is just like having the self-awareness to know that like there's growth. Um, and yeah, like because there's a lot of delusion out there, bro. A lot of delusional comedians really? who have a small mindset, narrow mindset, bitter, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and there's, there's, there's room for that, but like it shouldn't be everything, you know? Like there, there should be some kind of – because like, you know, like – Comedy is so nuanced. It's not black and white. Like, not one thing is funny. Like, there's many different types of funny, um, but it's subjective. But I just feel like if you're not being real with yourself, then the comedy won't be as strong. Yeah, it won't hit people at that it level. Won't, yeah, because people could sense, they can sense authentic, it. authenticity. Hundred like, percent. Truthfully. Yeah. Same with same with on camera. If you're not being real on camera. People can easily read through you. Yeah, yeah. Humans, know. humans are very innately um, good at reading people, like or like feeling, um, uh, you know, uh, authenticity or like uh, real emotions in people. You know, like for the most part, it was life and death for people to be able to look at someone and be like, "Is this person telling me the truth?" Yeah, and if this person's not, then I'm gonna die. 100. percent So exactly, we, we could tell. Yeah. So if, if I'm not genuinely trying to make people laugh because I love it, people are going to die, bro. <laughs> and not from laughing, from disappointment. It's facts. So I'd rather make people die from laughing. So now you're going to across the United States, your, yeah. own, your first United States tour. Yes. And you're going New York City uh, yeah, on Sunday. Yeah. I wish I could be there. Dude, All I'm good, man. So All upset. Good. No, yeah. You're Easter. busy, bro. You're, fucking, you're hammering it out. But, You're doing shit. No, but but tell me about this tour and how it's come to be and what you're excited about for traveling in the United States. This is like a, a big mission of yours when mm -hmm. you were just starting out in comedy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like um, my, my since I started, I've always wanted to, you know, do shows all over, not just in my city. Yeah, I want to expand from the beginning, and this is me literally doing that now. Yeah, is expanding. You know, going to the states, and eventually we're gonna move down here, and um, you know, make the jump and just start like. Just going off. Just wow. Where are you where are you moving to? Uh, we're thinking to go somewhere like Texas or um, California. Dude, Austin is attracting the yeah, best comedians Austin's in the world. Austin's the best, man. Yeah, I've never been, but like, uh, yeah, that's one of the options for sure. Because there's just so much more opportunity, more resources, more money in 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 in, in, in USA uh -huh. compared to Canada in terms of comedy, man. Like in comedy in in Canada, they don't give a fuck about comedy over there, um, and so. Yeah, man, like it's always been my dream to like, you know, do shows and tour around and go on road trips. And I just like, I think it's fun. Like my whole thing when I was like, when I was in high school, bro, I'm like, why aren't we like teaching people about having fun? I, I love fun. You know, like why aren't we having fun more? Yeah. You know, like why is this, why can't that be a fucking subject? I don't know. Like it could be about anything. Like, I don't know who's going to teach it, but 
like we should be taught more about actually like embracing fun and not it being just like a thing you, you can do once in a while. I don't know. That's why I was always rebellious in school mm-hmm. and academics. I'm like, ah, fuck this, man. I don't want to listen to this person talk about calculus. I want to just have fun. Yeah. And this is the life I'm living now is me having fun because I'm like, fuck it. Like, I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going to go against the traditional route that other people take and just like follow my dreams, as cliche as that sounds. Yeah. Um, and so the fact that I'm doing all these things now, I'm going to the States. I'm so excited to perform in New York. First time doing a headlining show in the States. And like Gramercy Theater, beautiful theater. And I got my boy Ryan Long and Trader Rain opening for me. Like, and they're killing it in their own aspect all over. And it's just like makes me happy. I'm like, this all happened because I started to believe in myself from the beginning. If I didn't have the belief in my mind from the beginning when I dropped out of school to pursue this, I wouldn't be here. Um, there's many other aspects along the way that helped me get to this point, but yeah, man. What would you say to people who are in their first their first few years of their craft, they're not seeing the fun and they're not feeling the fun, but they're doing something in their own way that's against the grain. A lot of people listen to this podcast are in that place in their own life. Yeah. What advice would you have for them? Who aren't having fun. They're having fun. Sorry, they're having fun. Yeah. They're having fun, but it's like, they're not seeing the results, right? They're not touring internationally. They're, yeah. not, they're in the beginning stages. Right. Oh man, I, that was my, my, my whole like, yeah. first half of my career though. Yes. Like, you have to be okay with it. You have to be okay with things not happening right away um, and having the patience to know that eventually it'll, it'll come about. Um, and, and it comes down to not having the expectation because when you have an expectation, it's very easy to become disappointed. Mm. And so that's why I'm like, I just let things happen uh, when it needs to happen. And then uh, I see it as a bonus. The, the real fun is just doing what you're doing, the process, right? Every, and a lot of people, these great people who make it successful, they all talk about that, right? It's like, I fucking love the process. And I fully understand that now more than ever. As a creator, as an artist, as an entrepreneur, as a comedian, I really see it more than ever. Is there anybody out there still who's a dream collab for you or dream, dream, just yeah, person wait, to connect yeah, with? Personality, with? anyone come to mind? Yeah, man, 100%. Well, like, I mean, my boy Drake, Drizzy Drake, you know, the six, you know, six God, you know? Yeah. Um, obviously, he's like a different world, but um, he's like, he's someone who put Canada on the map. Yes. You know, in the different world, in the music world. And I personally, he's one of my favorite artists. Um, and that got a lot of flack on YouTube when you came and said that the first <laughs> yeah. time. Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah, I, I people, remember. Yeah. People went off on that. I mean, yeah, the people always hate on Drake, man, yeah. but I'm like, look at what he's done. What have you guys done? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Drake is undeniably the greatest. Like his work ethic says it. His his brand says it all. The all the hits he's putting out consistently for over a decade, breaking every record. What more do you need? What more do you are you not entertained? <laughs> Drizzy Drake is the goat. Um, Making a lot of people upset right now. Good, good. <laughs> Come to my shows. I'll make you more upset. Um, no, I'm kidding. But. Um, yeah, man, something like that was super cool. Like, uh, I just think, like, you know, we come from the same neighborhood, you know what I'm saying? Like, same kind of vibe. We grew up similar, you know, to, uh, same city. And um, what, you're half Jewish too? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, happy Passover, by the way. Thank you. um, You're not Jewish, right? Half Jewish. Oh, you're half, right, right. Yeah. And half, what's your other half? Italian. Oh, Italian, right, right, right. 
Um, so only one half has a good cuisine, right? <laughs> <laughs> Other half is rich, though. <laughs> bro, you don't take breaks. <laughs> nah, bro. Nah, nah. Yeah. Who's going to carry the boats? Um, You're always on. Uh, so, yeah, man. Like, something like that is cool. And, like, I, I'd love to be in a music video, man. I want to be in Drake mm. music video one day. Just... That would be a fucking dream. That'd be cool. Ultra uh, main stage. Ultra main stage. Yeah. Wait, You're, he was on ultra main stage. No, you want you want to hit. Oh ultra yeah, main yeah. Stage. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to be on ultra. Uh, uh, yeah, like not as a DJ. My brother is actually the DJ, mm. and uh, he's he's actually producing some music and like you know, he's always been good at DJing like house and EDM and stuff like that, uh, and tech house and all that stuff. And like yeah, man, like that's all, that was also a dream is to like be an MC. On, on the stage with him, uh, Ultra Main Stage, EDC, Tomorrowland, all that. I just want to do cool shit. You know, that's fun. Yeah. Fun. I love fun, man. Um, and then most of all, Kevin Hart, bro. I need to work with that guy. Uh, Seth Rogen. All these big hitters, man, who just make cool shit with their friends. Um, and Adam Sandler, obviously. Like, the guys like that want to be around. Because those guys are moguls. And mm. they're built empires. And I want to do the same. I want to do the same. I want to have my own team of people. And bring them all up together. Because what's what's the fun if you're just doing by yourself? So, um, I think th those main ones are definitely. Have you done any Kevin Hart impersonations? No, uh, I haven't really tried it, but I just don't think I can do it. To be honest, I don't know. I just I don't, I, it's like the vocal range is not there. <laughs> but I don't know, man. Maybe I'll see. I'll see. Yeah. Um, right now, I'm actually trying to work on like uh, my Joe Rogan more, which has been going well. You know, it's been hitting. Yeah. Uh, Burke Kreischer actually recently commented on uh, oh. my Joe Rogan video, and he's like, "Great voices." I was like, "Oh fuck oh, wow. yeah!" You're, yeah, you're I felt pretty door. good about it. Yeah, I'm in the door, man. <laughs> you know, like all these guys. Andrew Schultz, obviously, he's like one of my favorite comedians. So, like, you know, obviously, he's one person I want to work with too. But um, all these guys, like, are slowly. I feel like starting. To, like, so, I feel like the tingling, bro. It's like a, there's a tingling. <laughs> there's a tingling in my body. <laughs> Breathe in, let it go. <sighs> and uh, I think like something's gonna come up soon where like it's just gonna, my either my sh my my shit's gonna explode. Yeah. I, I mean, not my my poo, um, <laughs> my content online. <laughs> it very well be <laughs> out of context. Clip that. Clip that. Yeah. Um, Got you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I have a you feeling feel. deep inside my body that like something's gonna explode like online, you know. So my videos and then like Joe Rogan's gonna see it, mm -hmm. and you know, because like everyone's saying like my Joe Rogan's like decent or like at at the worst and like pretty good. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I'll take that, and I'm 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 starting to work on that a little more. And bro, like what what's 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 uh, who's to say he doesn't see it? And I think he probably has already seen it because a lot of like big comedians that are in, in his circle has commented and liked the video. Maybe he's waiting, just like Gary waited two years. Did he wait two years? Two before years he before it? he liked my my videos. He saw and it and waited two years. He, he literally said that on a podcast, dude. That's the crazy thing. You don't know who's watching. You don't and know when. when they're watching. You see views, but you don't. You don't, you don't know, know, bro. You don't know what these people are behind. No the idea, counter. dude. That's, and so that's just what I'm keep going, keep pushing, keep just plowing, keep drilling, man. Yeah. Um, and that's it. So. Uh, in my head, I'm like, yeah, wh who's who's gonna, uh, what, what's what's the what's the who's to say I'm not gonna get on Joe Rogan podcast one day? You know what I'm saying? Like that's a, a big thing too. Yeah, for comedians especially, oh, it's huge. like a dream. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, um, and um, I, I just I just think I belong. Yeah, you do. I you belong in those circles because I work hard and I care about my craft and my health and my family and fucking whatever. And yeah. I don't know, like I feel like I'm on the right path. Like I don't know, I just why not? Why not me? Yeah. There's all these other people who get on, right? So my boy Ryan Long actually just got on. It was just super dope. I love that So episode. sick, man. Yeah. yeah, you saw it? Yeah. yeah. And that's what I'm saying. I'm like, 
Uh, it's not far-fetched at all. No, it's not. It's and, just a matter of time. And we'll we'll be playing this clip when it happens. Hell and, yeah. And it's at, all part of the story. And uh, yeah, episode uh, future Danny Miranda podcast. I don't know what number, but should we say a number just to, just to manifest or what? Dude, I mean, it's like you'll, you'll be a recurring guest. Your energy is so good. You're just such a good dude and you work so hard. I'm so grateful to have you on this podcast. Thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being here. You're such a legend. We like to end these podcasts oh, with a challenge. A challenge oh, points it. to the place in your heart you believe people should take this episode and do something with the information they got here in the past hour. Does wow. a challenge come to mind from everything we've talked about or something we haven't covered yet? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a challenge that I've um, uh, I've started to implement for myself. Is uh, you know if you if you care about being high performance. And you want to do great things or follow your dreams, follow your passions. Um, I challenge people to be real with themselves and like do something every morning that's that's hard for them to do. Mm. And whether it's you know um, writing or uh, filming something or editing or what, going for a walk, doing a push up, start with. Uh, one minute and then and then two minutes and then five minutes and then like keep increasing the time uh, because that's how you build a habit too and that's why I'm currently working on myself and it's a, it's, a, it's definitely a struggle sometimes and sometimes I want to give up I'm like ah oh, fuck this but then other times I realize like oh this is the foundation man because if I have this down bro I'm set for later so uh, the best time to do that is in the morning get the hardest thing out of the way um, as soon as you wake up and uh, you will thank yourself later later in the future. Yeah. Love that. Nima, thank you so much for your time. Where can we send people to connect with you further? I'm all over socials. Nima Naz on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, <laughs> you know how to do that. <laughs> yeah, Twitter. Um, I'm, I'm not on fucking Twitch yet. Because uh, I don't have fucking time. But I, like, there's so much fucking time, Danny, okay? Um... <laughs> Do you have NFTs? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I'm all over those, and uh, I'm posting. I'm releasing my uh, first ever hour stand-up special on my YouTube channel, Nimanaz, uh May 11th, I believe. May 11th. I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's May 11th. Okay. May 10th or May 11th. But yeah. Wow. And uh, that's it, man. I'm here. I'm here to be one of the greatest comedians in the world, and it's gonna it's gonna happen one day. So. Oh, I believe it, Nima. Thank you so much for the fucking. Thank man. you, Danny.